Up, up, up. Up, up, up. Up, up, Your sandwich up, is ready, up. sir. <laughs> Can I hear your best toaster of impression, Eric? Your sandwich is ready. No, oven, not artist, dummy. It sounds like this. <laughs> mm. Like that. That's it. Because it's a flash toaster, right? It's so quick that not even you can impersonate it. It's so quick. It's so quick. It's, it's a 10-second. So mm-hmm. <sighs> what, what about the person putting the sandwich in there? Aren't they the toaster? They're toasting it. <laughs> mm. No, they're more like the like sandwich equivalent of the Amazon delivery driver. They get your sandwich from point A to point toast. And then from point toast to point mouth. Mm-hmm. They're, yeah, they're like all in-house creator, really. They are the one who bake the bread. They, mm-hmm. you know, chop the ingredients. They assemble the sandwich, toast the sandwich, bag it and tag it. And it's in your mm-hmm. mouth by, by five minutes. Mm-hmm. If that. The sandwich artist really is more of a... Um, sandwich conveyor belt operator they're mm. valued not for their creative mind but for their nimble fingers uh and ability mm-hmm. to quickly move something down a mm-hmm. the factory style line so mm-hmm. a technician of sorts a sandwichician sandwichician exactly <laughs> i see you're sipping exactly. on some beverages <laughs> you're sipping on some beverages over there eric what, what are you sipping on uh yes holy What's water that's my beverages uh, mm-hmm. I got this uh, Corona here, Ty. Hell yeah. I have a lot of different beverages in my refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, no way. You know, I save them for nice days like today when I have to record with uh, my, my friend and co-host, Ty. Uh, I moved into a new apartment here and I don't have a bottle opener, so I use that mm-hmm. lighter. Just like a mm. ratchet female at a party. Yeah, dude, you're you're living in a. Yeah, I didn't realize you moved into a frat house. <laughs> yeah, dude, I've gotten so good at opening beer bottles with a lighter that I actually prefer it over a bottle opener. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, incredible. Just lighter. <laughs> dude, everyone's got a novel beer bottle trick. Some people will open it with another bottle. Some people will mm. open it on with their like belly button or a rock. <laughs> Or yeah, AirPod it's like, case. It's like cutting a sandwich with another sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Uh, I I don't really have a <laughs> bottle opening party trick. What I typically do mm. is I use the leverage that comes with most front doors. I can like open a front door, take the bottle, and like put it up to the top of the door and just pull down. And usually the door <laughs> will. I either like the bottle cap will just pop pop right off, or I'll like peel some of the wood all the way down the side of the door. Oh my god! Fifty fifty. Yeah, definitely don't do that anywhere near my LP because she will probably hang you immediately. Um, but my my favorite trick is one my dad does. He uses another bottle to open it. Mm-hmm. Like one's upside down, one's right side up, and then you flick it off, and then like. That way you're, then you're stuck with one beer. And then like, if you want to drink with somebody, then you got to like put the cap back on the other beer and then like re- redo it. But then you're always, you're, one's always open, one's always closed. So you can't drink at the same time. That's one ma- major flaw with that system. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You always have to have one additional beer on retainer just to act as your bottle opener. <laughs> you can never really finish the supply. Yeah, exactly. You have to have an odd number of beers for you mm-hmm. to be able to drink with somebody. Mm-hmm. Interesting. <laughs> I feel like that's the like universal <laughs> bottle opener trick of fathers. Like, I feel like every father secretly <laughs> knows that one. <laughs> mm-hmm, exactly. I don't know how to do it. I've never tried. I like the sound yeah. of a can cracking open. <laughs> mm, that was pretty good. Thank you um ty we we both came back from vacation that's why we missed friday's episode we both flew out or drove out on the friday and Mm -hmm. uh or was it thursday i'm not sure but we both left pretty later later on in the week and uh missed our recording time so 
now we are here. We have both experienced the good old United States of America. We, mm -hmm. you know, dined, we, we drank, um, mm -hmm. we may or may not have smoked. Um, mm -hmm. Why don't we start with you, Ty? Why don't you go ahead and tell us where you went? <laughs> <what'd> you <laughs> where <did>? you went? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I feel like I'm on a, a late night show right now with that type of intro. Now I'm supposed to give a compelling story that has a twist that ends with laughter, but I don't got any of that for you. I crossed the land border, Eric, and <laughs> headed down to Seattle, Washington, the land of homeless people and Amazon Prime. And it was a good weekend. I had a lot of fun there. Um, I was just vibing out with some friends that live there. Uh, a premature thanksgiving dinner of sorts mm. um beautiful tell me about your yeah. border experiences ty what what did you tell the border services officer what was your reason for visiting at the time <laughs> you know surprisingly enough they, they i had the easiest land border experience of my life Eric. i drove up hucked him my passaporte he said anything to declare i said hell no and then he hucked it back and i just ripped off he wow. I don't even think he opened it. It was, it was such a quick transaction. Like wow. it was I'm... like sandwich artist level dialogue. Wow. He basically said, what bread? And you said, you know what bread? And he said, have a nice day. Yeah, basically. <laughs> wow. That's pretty amazing. I think like land border, like dialogue is like always easier than it sounds i think that like the whole point it's kind of like airport security it's like they just try to scare you into not doing anything bad but mm -hmm. if you were to do something bad they would never catch you because mm -hmm. pulling someone over at the land border is a myth like, i don't think that ever happens they made a tv show out of it but i think it's just all staged <laughs> i think so too well i've noticed there's two types of land border guards you got the fellow that i got who's comfortable in his heated booth and he's just trying he's just watching the clock right he's not watching my passport number um he's not running my credit history but then you also have the type of guy that like he's the standing desk equivalent of a land border <laughs> officer he's like he walks around the car he's got like a flashlight that he's putting looking on your rims for some reason they're always inspecting the car rims and mm. he's got he wants to chat he's a chatterbox and he's, he's not gonna ask you mm -hmm. normal questions he's gonna say things like so how long have you lived at your apartment and mm -hmm. He's waiting for you to like stumble, basically. Yeah, and I might accidentally what. misgender myself or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I hate those guys because they they like abuse their power in like a weird like awkward way. It's like clearly they like didn't get any pussy in high school, mm -hmm. <laughs> or or even later in life, and now they're mm -hmm. like using their um, you know boys in blue badge to terrorize me on my way to uh you know san francisco but i'll tell you what this time was pretty good the time before that like i have like a different photo in my passport than what i look like now because i got i shaved my head that's so right prior, prior to when i shaved my head i had like long curly hair and mm -hmm. then the guy said what happened to your broccoli hair no way dude yeah and i was like this fucking guy looks like he lives in his mom's basement like <laughs> playing halo he's got like like it doesn't look like he's ever had a haircut and he's, he's saying that shit to me i was like this motherfucker like if we were in the streets you you'd be getting some shots fired back at you but now you're in the position of power and i can't do that damn so you just have to say thanks for that comment i just looked yeah. at him i didn't say anything i just looked at him like <laughs> straight faced it <laughs> like what the fuck else would i say that's so funny i can't believe he threw shade at you like that but you did have quite the like tiktok haircut prior and now you look like a <laughs> like a balenciaga thug which is <laughs> I, I think you think is objectively cooler but the militant look i feel like is a little bit too hard i think it doesn't doesn't really um you're, you're hiding your softer, your softer interior, Eric. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what I'm going for. I want to be, like, terrifying. <laughs> I want to look terrifying, Ty. But once you talk to me and get to know me, you realize I'm actually a kind soul. And mm. I'm going to be the most loving person in your life. But until that point, you're going to be scared to approach me. Like, that's what I want. Right. That's how I currently feel about Skeet Davidson. <laughs> Why? Why? What, happened? what did Skeet do to you? <laughs> 
Well, he's just got he's got such a like unique um, look that I don't know how I would engage with the man. He's very tall, lots of tattoos, huge the type of huge cog, and the type of face <laughs> that like you know when you're in like an art gallery and it looks like the painting is always watching you. I think mm. that's how I would feel around Skeet. I think his eyes would never leave me. And I'm not just mm-hmm. being pre- pretentious here. I, mm-hmm. I just feel like everyone would experience that. Mm-hmm. Both or eyes and lips are always watching you. Are you saying his eyes would never leave you or your eyes would never go above his waist? <laughs> Probably both because I don't want to get a kink <laughs> in my neck. <laughs> exactly. Damn. Uh, well... I'm happy to hear that you also crossed the land border. I did the same. I drove into Bellingham and I caught mm-hmm. a flight for about half the price. My first time ever doing that. And I don't know if it was worth it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't Uber, you can't Uber across the border, <laughs> which sucks. Yeah, that does suck. Um, but honestly, if I was in a pinch, I would probably reconsider doing that. Tell me more about mm-hmm. your trip, Ty. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, I've done that cross the land border to catch an American flight just to save some money. And it's really a hard, it's a toss up. Like, was it worth the effort? I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like when you ask the sandwich artist to do something crazy, like maybe like to- uh, toast the guac. And then you end up in this <laughs> like, just, they're just like, they don't understand. And you're like, have to figure it out with them. And you're like, was that mm-hmm. even worth it? Um but yeah, my trip my trip was really great, Eric. Uh, I just kind of bummed around Seattle all weekend. Um, let, let me tell you about some highlights. I went, oh, I had lunch at Google, the Google satellite campus <laughs> there. <laughs> uh, uh, was this an invite-only activation time? Did you have a, you know, were you somebody's plus one or, mm-hmm. you know, what? Yeah. T- please tell me how you landed this reservation at Google. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's a great question. Much like the Met, you need an invite from a plus, uh, you, you have to be someone's plus one to get in. I thankfully did have a connection on the inside, a mole, um, mm-hmm. a mole to get me into those, <laughs> that, those free food. And I got to tell Adios you, like, meal. <laughs> people always talk about like the free food at Google, right? They're always like, oh yeah, all the food's free. And like, there's a bunch of it and they're not wrong. Like there's so much free food in that office. I wonder like why everyone that isn't like writing C plus plus for Google isn't three three hundred plus plus pounds. Um, <laughs> but dude, it was whack because like their lunch rush or like most of the lunch restaurants inside Google wrap up around like two p.m. Then they have to like close up to I guess send the workers home, but. Uh, I rolled up around like one and I had an hour and my friends is like, we're going on a gauntlet. I want you to try every single restaurant here in the next hour. So we need to move quickly. Yeah. We need to perform. We're going to perform like 5,000 restaurant searches in point mill point two milliseconds, um, Google style. So immediately like (laughs) running upstairs, like through these like weird co-working rooms and like gratitude booths and sleep lounges or whatever they have. And uh, nice. immediately got like this giant like tofu rice wok bowl. There's like six restaurants. I felt like a food court. And you just kind of pick one. A bunch of slices of pizza. Gobble it up. I don't even finish it. Throw it on this like conveyor belt style tray that just like goes into the wall and it just disappears. You're just like there goes my food. And then and I'm like <laughs> chewing on pizza crusts as I like run down the hallway. I'm burping. I'm I'm groaning. I'm hurting. I quickly slam a cortado from one of the first cafes. And then I go and I get a mushroom burger. Gobble, gobble, gobble. Barely able to finish that because I have to go get some ice cream and an iced <laughs> chai latte. And then I like glug, glug, throw that back. And then made it to the last station, which was their crepe cafe to order a crepe. And then I try to cop another coffee before 2 p.m. And I, wow. I pulled it all off afterwards. I, I'm like, I've never done this to my body. I've never eaten like that money, different foods that quickly while also running like four flights of stairs between each meal. Oh man. What is that like beer race where you have to like chug a beer, run a mile and then like chug another beer. What is that called? Cause that's kind of what you did. You, you except with like a chai latte and then a like cortado. <laughs> yeah. Athletes are never really a creative bunch. I think they just call it a beer mile. Mm, well, I mean, you, it's actually the best name possible for it. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it's, wow. it's the literal naming convention. Exactly. So, 
Wow, that's yeah. that's pretty inspirational, man. So is this, you know, is this like a normal thing that like tech places have? They just have like free food flowing? Because like I heard about like Twitter, like mm-hmm. you hear you hear Elon Musk tweeting out that he's putting an end to the the free lunch at Twitter. He's gonna make employees mm-hmm. pay for lunch again. Mm-hmm. I heard about that. I think I was asking a few friends in tech about this afterwards. I think Meta gives you free food. Maybe not mm-hmm. anymore. They're going, they've stumbled on hard times. So we'll <laughs> see how long that perks last. Maybe you'll get free metaverse food. You can mm. gobble up some extra life points. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So what do you think about, you know, tech employees finally paying for food and being you know, part of the real world again? <laughs> yeah. Cause uh, well, I, I heard this down to earth. Yeah, I heard this shit and I was like, people are actually upset about this. Like, can you fucking imagine like anyone else getting a free lunch? Like a, what doctors have to pay for their own food. Like they're literally saving people's lives. They're doing the most important work in history in, in the mm-hmm. world. And they're and they're having to pay for their own lunch. And the yeah, some and they're some nerd who's like fucking scrolling on Twitter all day gets a free lunch. Like what? Yeah, it's whack as hell. And that doctor isn't getting a good meal. They're getting like hospital cafeteria schlop. Like, yeah, dude, they're and getting this, that schlop. <laughs> and like, I bet you the doctors at their hospital cafeteria never have an appetite because like it would be mm. disgusting, like just eating there with the patients. Think, okay, <laughs> so I live near a hospital. I live near a hospital, Eric. And my there's oh, a man. Tim Hortons location in the hospital. Mm-hmm. So. I have on occasion oh, in no. an effort to purchase Tim Hortons products entered the hospital to go to the Tim Hortons. I've only gone once. I didn't like it. The vibes were off, obviously. <laughs> sick. Um, but my friend who lives in the neighborhood also went into that Tim Hortons once in the hospital. And he said while he was standing in line, there was a dude in front of him with bandages all over his head in line. And he said one of the bandage, bandages flopped down and he saw the inside of the guy's skull. Holy <laughs> fuck, bro. Right? That's Holy what doctors shit. have to deal with at the hospital cafe. Mm-hmm. I would and never the eat. Guy said, the guy said, you know what? Maybe I'll pass on the macaroni. Mm-hmm. Damn, you know what, yeah, Ty? Like... I too have been inside of a Tim Hortons in the hospital in the Burnaby location and... I had a sandwich. Yeah, I think it was a cranberry, <laughs> cranberry turkey sandwich, and I had a coffee. And I remember like sitting across from me, down on the other side of the cafeteria, was like a four hundred pound man or like five hundred pound man in a wheelchair. But it was like mm. an elevated wheelchair that was reclined, and it just looked like like Boba Fett. <laughs> it was just guy was just like a blob oh, yeah. it was a blob of a human like with wheels on the bottom and i was like right. what the fuck is like going on here is this like some human experiment happening in front of my eyes and the guy wasn't even like doing it he was just sitting there i'm like damn like yeah i can't i can't eat here anymore like that's crazy i wasn't there by choice but it was uh interesting experience at least totally you and chava the gut over there yeah it really makes your appetite i should have asked him his order i'm like oh look how what he's having <laughs> <laughs> he's clearly knows what he's doing yeah exactly Damn. yeah so <laughs> to to tie this back to our uh beloved tech workers i feel like they probably don't have the right to complain their total comp on average like a few hundred g's and now they have to pay for the already delicious food that they're getting for free for previously for free like the amount mm-hmm. of like just like homeless people that are probably like within a one perimeter block of this like caged civilization with unlimited free food just feels so I don't know sad messed <laughs> up. There's something wrong. I mean, like mm-hmm. it's kind of funny because Subway has free food. All the vegetables at Subway are free. In theory, <laughs> Subway could Subway kind of operates like a little tech without the tech in that sense. Mm-hmm very little tech actually at all um do you think like subway is somehow like avoiding tax like they're not paying tax because like half of their ingredients are free do you think there's like some kind of benefit there it's like oh people are buying this we're actually a bakery you're buying the bread and then mm-hmm. everything else is actually free it's included we're giving it away and so 
they don't even have to like pay pay Uncle Sam anything at the end of the day. I bet you that definitely plays into their import fees because <laughs> when they when they get a fresh batch of tomatoes from I don't know wherever Vietnam or uh, <laughs> <laughs> like the cucumbers from Thailand uh, coming in, they probably like if they're planning to resell those, mark them up and sell them. I'd imagine there's some hefty tariffs associated with that. Mm-hmm, exactly. But if you just check the box when you're importing things and say, this is a gift, then you, you, you avoid all of it. <laughs> uh, the factories in Fuck It are, uh, know it's a gift, so they wrap up the cucumbers with little ribbons for Subway. Mm-hmm, definitely. It's like, for Jared. <laughs> to jared love vietnam wow from vietnam Mm -hmm. with love that's amazing Mm -hmm. cucumbers really are the baguette of vegetables they are they're long um they look good you know what i mean Mm -hmm. you can you can carry them with one hand down the street Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. i have a free food story that i would like to share with you as well um Mm -hmm. and this was actually on my way back to Canada, back to civilization, the land of the free. Mm-hmm. Um, truly the free, <laughs> not, not this illusion that you Americans live in. But uh, at the uh, Oakland airport, I was able to visit the Centurion Lounge provided to me by American Express. And um, shout out to the good folks over at Amex Canada and United States. Hi, mm. but, um, this guy's but got I was, perks. I got perks, baby. And uh, let me tell you, the first thing I did was look at the bar. <laughs> After checking in, of course, with my two complimentary guests, I waltzed my way over to the bar, asked for a Budweiser, and the mm-hmm. guy handed me nice. a Bud Light. This is this is the best part of the lounge. He says, uh, oh, here's your Bud Light, sir. Cracks it open for me and just hands it to me. And that's it. No payment. <laughs> just free Bud, free flight. That's a fucking game changer, bro. Like, uh, <laughs> crazy, dude. I just like I had like three beers before my two-hour flight, and I was like, "This is awesome." <laughs> That's amazing! Wow. Yeah, dude, you are making good life decisions to end up in that situation, dude. Hundred percent, dude. I, and then I had like some, you know, some buffet-style food as well mm-hmm. with my with my several Bud Lights, and I gotta say, Ty no matter how shitty the flight is after that i'm happy because i've already gotten i've gotten fed <laughs> I, I had some drinks and mm-hmm. after that i'm just good you know i put my airpods and maxes on you mm-hmm. know load up load up the new drake album and i'm just good for the rest of the day <laughs> hell yeah dude you're floating on cloud nine percent alcohol mm-hmm. i'm uh i'm stoked for you that's awesome Getting into a free butt situation is my dream. You you basically <laughs> unlocked the like working in tech version of flying in airlines. Wow, absolutely, Ty. This is how the rich get richer. It makes it makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Like I blow like forty five dollars on Capari sodas every time I go to the airport, um, mm-hmm. but that's money back in your pocket. Mm-hmm. <sighs> absolutely. Let me walk you through some of the food I had there. I had a couple mm-hmm. of deviled eggs. <laughs> okay <laughs> i had a turkey sandwich mm-hmm. i had um a plate of chicken and rice okay chicken was so dry thai <laughs> it was like the most dry chicken i've ever had but thankfully there was a tomato soup also on deck so what mm-hmm. i did was i i just poured a spoonful of soup on top of the chicken and rice and made kind of like a butter chicken style mishmash mm, and yum. let me tell you that that was a game changer right there dude you got to do that at subway man get that that post toast chicken is <sighs> like dusty so load it up with some marinara and you got mm. yourself that chicken arm rolling in it that would be really good <laughs> it would be good if Subway had a tomato soup i would probably do the same thing just like do a quick ladle across the entire mm. sandwich mm-hmm. uh the soup du jour an o an au jus with it. Oh yeah, buddy. Embedded jus. <laughs> <laughs> the jus on the inside, like a, like a wonton. 
Dude, when the jus is one of your sauces, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else we can add to your sandwich? Well, what's the soup de jour? <laughs> That's wild. Oh, man. But yeah, Ty, that was, it was pretty incredible. I, I would recommend somehow finessing your way into a lounge, Ty. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it makes any flight much more bearable. Oh, if you're three buds deep, you could probably sit through anything. Yeah. At that it, point, it you're also... a human piece of broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> you're quite literally a fungus growing on the inside of the 737. <laughs> um, but Ty, it also, one interesting thing I noticed is it removed the, like, internal pressure I have to order a alcoholic beverage on a plane because I was mm. already buzzed going into the experience. Like when you buzz and you say hi to the flight attendant on the way into the plane, it's like, <laughs> it's just like so much better. It's like, hello, so I'm doing great. <laughs> <laughs> and then when they come around, it's like water or coffee. Like you don't need to worry about like, oh, do I have to pay $9 for a gin and tonic? It's like, don't even worry about that. It's like, just get a water. You're already good. Mm, the water's probably better for you at that point. Exactly. Ships in recovery <laughs> mode. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's so great. I'm glad that you uh, tapped into some Budweiser's on your trip. I also tapped into some Budweiser's. Just like when my, my travel to Seattle had me purchasing all the same things I purchased in Canada. I got a bottle of Aesop hand soap. I got oh, yeah. a six-pack of Bud, some 818. You know how it goes. Oh, um, let's go. But there, I have one friend that never will ever drink anything but like the most craftiest of craft beer he's like a diehard purist and i got that man to sip a budweiser this weekend <laughs> i felt like it was, it was a big win for the big beer community wow that's a big win for the podcast too ty i'm happy to hear about any conversions that we've made <laughs> absolutely our cdr rates <laughs> um i also dabbled in a lot of white claw this weekend my alcoholic friends would wake me up in the morning with the crack of a white claw can next to my ear. <laughs> and then I would, that would be the first thing to enter my mouth in the morning. And I got to say, Eric, like a strawberry or like a, the <laughs> like mango white claw in the morning kind of just tastes like a smoothie. So could, there's definitely like the potential addictive quality of these as like a wake me up kind of mm. kick in the mouth every morning. Mm-hmm. It's like, your mind knows that it's bad for you, but your taste buds are like, oh, strawberry. Like, there's probably some vitamin C in here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly. It just feels like you're having a fresh pressed juice, but mm-hmm. carbonated and a little hint, tint of vodka. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's inspiring, right? man. Take um, it for a spin. <laughs> I had a, once again, Ty, I had a similar experience <laughs> as you. Um, at, at, our, at our hotel, I purchased like a few Budweiser's just to have in the mini fridge. Mm-hmm. You know, I cranked, I cranked the volume on the fridge all the way up to six <laughs> and uh, <laughs> stored my Budweiser in there. Ice cold, obviously. <sighs> and um, I realized like, this was, this was checkout time, right? It's like, I wake up at like 10 AM checkouts at noon. Cause I got the, the late checkout. I am a Hilton gold member, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so with late checkout, I said, Oh fuck! It's eleven thirty now, and I just remembered I have another Budweiser in the fridge that I never got to finish. Oh shit! Yeah, dude. So, so did you uh, dummy that Bud right then and there? Yeah. Well, I pushed my suitcase off of my off of the counter, and I made space for a <laughs> for my Budweiser. <laughs> <laughs> and, any uh, any table can be a bar with the right attitude. Exactly. So, you know friends are waiting in the lobby they've already checked out and i'm in my room chugging this budweiser um that i have to finish before i drive everyone it's an hour two hour drive to the airport i have mm-hmm. to do it have to get a pre pre-drive beer in me first guys mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and yeah it worked out perfectly <laughs> it was a great wake-up call <laughs> sounds like you're definitely doing the right things in the right order <laughs> that's the worst part about the trip any trip though is the alcohol at the end like you got to do something with it and usually it's a situation like that like you're in the elevator down to the lobby with your bags trying to like just polish mm-hmm. off the rest of some captain morgans you're like why 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 did i buy this for me by <laughs> like the third 
the third day of my trip is like that crack in the morning of the of the hard what do you seltzer i guess it's like i felt <laughs> like uh like from the movie toy story i was like the claw <laughs> <Every time I saw>. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so, i can wear you Dude. down you know if you ha- feel like you have to finish it i mean you're absolutely right and also like traveling is such a like unnatural human thing that we do right it's like you know hopping on a hopping into a suv on the freeway and then like going into like a bus and then going onto a plane and then going back into a car it's like really taxing on the body you know so Mm -hmm. i like to start it off with one quick beer in the morning Mm -hmm. and then hop in the whip drive over to the amex lounge Mm -hmm. consume three four more beers hop on the plane and then back home and I crack one more just for safety reasons. And then mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're back, baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Keep a cushion on those brain cells, you know, keep yourself comfortable. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to be conscious during this flight. Like I want, <laughs> I want to be completely in outer space while I'm in outer space. If you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It kind of helps you suspend your disbelief at the, even the concept of flight because it is uh, a little bit, Mm-hmm. awe-inspiring if you think too much about it it's kind of insane if you think about it like mm-hmm. i'm I'm still convinced that like flying it's just like you're loading it takes a long time because you're you're loading a new world <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like when you, you know have a I mean? scene change in a video game and you have to wait yeah. like the elevator is like you're loading the next floor but like mm-hmm when you move to a new city, it's like you got to load all these people, you know, it's like a whole, whole thing. So that's why it takes a little bit longer. Yeah. In a way, the windows on an airplane are a bit contradictory to the magic of it all because they kind of show what's behind the curtain. They show you're going up in the sky. They show you're landing back down in Paris mm-hmm. and it's kind of cool just to step off it and be like mm-hmm. time travel. Yeah. Literally time travel. But, you know, Ty, on the new Dubai, uh, the Arab Emirates flight in, in first class, there's a middle mm-hmm. row. Okay, so every seat is like a, a room, basically. But the middle row obviously has no window seat. And so they have a virtual window. And it's based on, like, camera footage from outside. Oh, cool. So it's, like, quite literally, like, a simulation. Like... I'm just going to trust that this this is actually happening outside. <laughs> Dude, it's like augmented reality on the airplane. Can you imagine if the sneeze guard was actually a screen that showed Gosh. a sandwich artist's hands reaching in the buckets? You can't actually see the sandwich artist reaching in the buckets, but it kind of simulates it. That would wow. be really on brand for Subway because everything there is simulation real. Uh, but it would definitely make me question the validity of the things going into my sandwich. <laughs> That's a very <laughs> least tie. Wow. I mean, we saw the Tupac hologram. Like, you know, obviously, like, there, what's the possibility of there being, like, a hologram sandwich artist where it's like, yeah, yeah, I can see their face, but anything below the shoulders is actually, like, a hologram, and then the veggies themselves have been, have been like, photo-retouched. Yeah, totally. It's not Tupac, it's two-inch. And it's uh, as real as it gets. <laughs> it's as real as it gets, Ty. <laughs> it's a whack idea, Eric. That is a whack idea. Um, I, got, I got one more food story for you, Ty. We went to the famed House of Prime Rib in San Francisco. Have you heard of this? You spent some time with it. I have, but I haven't attended any prime rib activations. That sounds familiar, though. Is that over in, like, near Polk Street? Uh, it's on Van Ness. Mm, yes, Van Ness. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those places where basically all you, all you do is order a cut. There's, there's one oh, thing on the menu. It's the prime rib, baby. And you order what style of cut you want. And uh, you get some choice of sides, but it's really just predetermined for you. Um, right, right, right. And one thing I want to share about this side was there was a table side 
activation, okay, both <gasps> the Caesar and the prime rib were a table side uh, preparation. Damn, it's <laughs> always the like meat heavy establishments that do the table side Caesar. And I think it's because the lettuce is so underwhelming compared to their, the deep cuts that <laughs> um, they have to like jazz it up a little bit. But you're telling me they mm -hmm. actually also do the meat table side? Like, like you're at your own little omakase experience? Kind of, yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll walk you through it. They they come around. Everyone gets the same thing, right? Like you, everyone has like a slice of meat and some sides and like a salad to start. They come by with like a big bowl of like romaine lettuce, <laughs> mm -hmm. some shreddus basically, and then all their dressings and whatever, whatever goes in the dressing, right? They mix it all together in this like big bowl. And then they uh, just plate it one by one and they hand it to you. They like walk to your side of the table and like hand it to you. Mm. And then everyone gets their salad, eats their salad. They come take that away. And then they wheel this like huge metal cart filled with like basically half a cow in there. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like three huge hunks of meat with bone in and everything. And he just like opens this thing and the guy's wearing a huge white hat. So, you know, it's real. It's like the real ratatouille type beat. And, yeah. uh, and then they just like slice it up, come by every time they slice it, they like walk over and personally like hand it to you. Right. And mm, then like they do at Aesop. It quite literally. Yeah. It's like, let me walk you out. <laughs> it's like that vibe. Mm -hmm. Um, but they come by with like a huge cut of meat and yeah, whatever size you ordered and, they come by with some with several different horseradishes as well. They, there was like, mm. there was a flight that's of horseradish tie. There was mild, medium, and hot. <laughs> mm. and that's the, the equivalent of the sauce selection. Absolutely, Ty. <laughs> so, how how much meat did you eat? Um, I don't know what it is in in any kind of like agreed upon measurement. Um, but it was it filled a large plate. Let's just say. Damn. It was the biggest piece of meat I've ever eaten. Wow. So how did you feel afterwards? I felt fantastic. I finished my yeah. entire piece and about a quarter of my girlfriend's. There's no stopping this guy. 12 inches of anything he can eat. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter how dense it is. That's impressive. Yeah, I feel like the, um, I remember when I was in Tuscany ordering a Bistecca Fiorentina, this is back when I was a meaty boy and mm. uh, splitting it with LP. And it was the giant ass hunk of meat. It had to be like a foot long by a six inch or something like that. Just <laughs> an absurd slab of cow. Wow. Um, freshly, freshly butchered that morning. And I was like, this is the best meat I've ever had. So I can wow. sympathize with that type of consumption and how energizing it must feel. Mm -hmm. so just it, consume an entire another animal it's incredible there was even an option on the menu for a glass of milk <laughs> and, no and I, and I just thought to myself like wow like way to dominate an entire species like i mean eat the eat the parents and like whatever's left for the kids you know steal the milk from the youth damn mm. yeah it's so funny i'm assuming two percent <laughs> I, that's funny because I would assume uh, homo milk. <laughs> mm. Depends if they're trying to appeal to like a like a large palate or they're really just like into their own food. You know, they would go home mm. if they were just like really into what they were doing. But I think mm -hmm. they'd go like two or one percent if they wanted to like ensure the entire table orders a glass. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. I mean, being into your own food is kind of like a marketing play in itself. Like the whole restaurant is called House of Prime Rib. It's like obviously they're into their own food. <laughs> they're into the prime rib. Yeah, dude. It's the it's the craft butchery of restaurants. Quite literally. Table side. Mm-hmm. That's pretty that's a pretty cool activation. I uh I, I I eat nothing similar to that in Seattle. I'm trying to I'm trying to think. For Thanksgiving I dinner, not. I had sides. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, walk me through the side breakdown. Like, as a, as a vegetarian at a Thanksgiving dinner, you need to, like, 
really go hard on the sides. Totally. So the trick is get your plate and get up there early because you're taking a bigger portion than everybody else. You want to make sure you get a little bit of all the sides. That's tip number one. Mm. Um, typically, the sides of these types of activations are always better than the main. Like, no one knows how to actually cook a turkey good, you know? So you're always, <laughs> like, getting the piece of meat that looks kind of gross or it's a little bit too dry. Mm -hmm. uh, so... I, I don't even waste my time with that. You don't, you don't need to. I'm all about the buns. You see the bread, mm. <laughs> that Italian herb and cheese. Um, stuffing, if you're lucky, it will sometimes veg friendly. But then it's all about like the roasted veg, the Brussels, the zucchini, the potatoes, the mashed carrots. potatoes. Yeah, the carrots. Getting into all those little corners of the table. That's always wow. really satisfying. And then you just like dollop that shit with the cranberry sauce. Sauce always comes last. Um, yeah, you can make a whole plate out of it. Usually there's a salad. Usually there's like some bread and butter. You're basically making a deconstructed veggie sub. <laughs> Every vegetarian meal is actually a deconstructed veggie sub. <laughs> In a way, yeah. It's always the same thing. It's just different order. Mm -hmm. I consume so much butter at that dinner time. Like, obviously there's like a bread and butter thing at the beginning. And I just like go so hard on the butter like i take a whole butter ball for myself and just slather it on a piece of bread and one bite it it's just like mm. like i don't need milk oh, yeah. i got butter <laughs> hell yeah i i spare no no carbs when i'm at a meal like that actually most of the time at the butter i'm very generous mm -hmm. it just makes life better it's better with butter it's better with butter ty and um you're right about the turkey thing. Like people don't innovate with turkey very much, but mm. because it's like a carrot, like, yes, I have to do something interesting or else it'll just be a carrot. Like you have to like do something good with it. Yeah. So you see the most progressive, like <laughs> culinary styles with the sides. That's where the innovation is happening. The turkey only exists there to check a box. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, you have to have a turkey dinner. Therefore, turkey must be present. Check. Everything else is free game. It's up to mm -hmm. the house rules of how those sides are going to manifest. And that's so exciting because, like, what's your take on mashed potatoes? Everyone does it a little differently. You're always going to get a treat with mashed potatoes. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're, you're absolutely right. At this mm -hmm. primary spot, for example, guess what it was? Mashed potatoes with just yeah. a dollop of gravy in the middle. But mm. there was an option for a baked potato, which I did opt for. Ooh, that's kind of fun. Did it come uh, with skin on then? I'm assuming. Skin on, cracked wide open, um, much like a sub at the beginning of your sandwich journey. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. It had a huge dollop of cream. Mm -hmm. What is that called again? Sour cream. Um, Crema. Yeah, bacon bits, chives. You know the greatest hits and then i mm -hmm. uh of course attacked it with some black pepper and salt so i'm assuming a, a place with table side prime rib is like three maybe four price tags on yelp At if, minimum now i've baked many a potato in my day and that side dish is remarkably consistent no matter what i do it always tastes the same so how is a four price tag Yelp restaurant, iterating on the baked potato concept in order for it to be <laughs> worth my money. Mm. Um, I think in this case, it's just sheer quantity. <laughs> I think no. it's just a large potato. I've never seen a potato in a grocery store at this size before. It was so big, Ty, that I couldn't finish it. I, I, I was like, I need to eat this prime rib. I'm not leaving without consuming all of this meat. And mm -hmm. this potato is going to have to take a backseat to that. And Damn, it's a garnish at this point. Exactly. So you're right. Not the most exciting side dish when I'm paying $300 for a dinner. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm happy with knowing I had good wine and good beef. Hell yeah. So we have a, a measurement system for identifying size of potato. How, ma how many foot longs is it? Six inch. That's, six inch. Huge. That's pretty big, pretty big potato. Mm -hmm. Big old potato. And um, 
yeah, it was it was good dinner overall. I'm trying to think of what else we had. The dessert menu looked astonishing, but we were so full that even just the idea of consuming like a cheesecake was like off the table, literally. Oh, I can't imagine tackling dessert when you're like uh, dealing with those meat sweats, you know? Mm-hmm. Have you ever had like a dinner in the States with like 12 people in it? Like, how did mm. you like solve the bill problem at the end? Because like in America, dude, like they just like don't understand the, the concept of like who is paying for what. That's like, okay, me and Bay are together and we want to cover like this person mm-hmm. as well. And it's like, that's just like, it's like a math equation that just can't be solved for them. It's whack as hell. So I get why companies like Google just eliminated paying for food altogether. Uh, <laughs> I ran into this situation multiple times this weekend. We had eight plus people around a table all trying mm-hmm. to order Indian food or some other dish. And it was a nightmare because one person ends up dropping the dropping clink, the Amex at the end of the meal. And then as a Canadian, we don't have access to Venmo. I swear to God, Venmo is lobbying the U.S. government to keep uh these businesses doing this and preventing mm-hmm. any other type of like transfer tool it should just be your bank should handle this you know either your bank yeah, or the restaurant like like, why do we need to get venmo involved too there's too too many people in my in my wallet and in my bank account yeah there's always like a handful of actual americans there that are like oh does venmo me i'm like i will not be doing such thing <laughs> mm-hmm. and then you're like i guess i can cut you a check or we can go to an atm after or I can transfer you some of my Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. You start you start going through the laundry list of options till you find something that works. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna you know settle until I'm able to get some Amex points from this. <laughs> like totally. Like you're not gonna be taking money from my checking account. There's no way <laughs> it's gonna come yeah. from Amex. <laughs> I think I'm gonna start having to carry around my own personal square reader for these types of situations. Mm. Just, just Absolutely. tap my phone. Absolutely. I think at our table, it was a table of 12, and we had six people put their cards down, be like, oh, just put it on, all on mine. And I was like, no, 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 it's not happening. I got to meet my minimum spend this month. Yeah, like, nice try. I need happening. access to that lounge. Damn. <laughs> exactly. You think I'm about to give up the lounge access for this steak? No fucking way. <laughs> <laughs> not a fair trade. No. Damn. Yeah, dude. Lounge access, you have to do it, Ty. It's like Bay will think you're a celebrity. <laughs> it's just That's like cool. Yeah, you'll just be you'll be a upper class person. Mm-hmm. I don't think my CIBC visa is gonna get me any <laughs> any more uh perks than it already does. Shout out to that one percent back. I have such a shitty visa card. That's why I'm I'm so deep balls deep in crypto, Eric. Just because I'm I, there has to be a better way. There is a better way, Ty. For someone who spends as much as you, your high spend lifestyle, Ty, would be perfect for uh, an American Express credit card. And uh, you already know I got the referral link in the in the description. <laughs> <laughs> the challenge, though, Eric, is I can't handle the um, the being declined everywhere. You know that that. I, I'm I'm too weak of a personality for them to say no. We don't accept Amex. Mm. I, I, it, I like it makes them push. look weak, though. Yeah, you use it as a an opportunity to flex your own personal brand. Absolutely, I've I've decided to actually just flip that onto them and be like, and then verbally, so everyone can hear. Oh, you don't accept American Express at this at this <laughs> restaurant, and then they go, No, I'm sorry, and then that just means. All I hear when they say that is like, I'm sorry, we're too broke, you know? Right. That's a good <laughs> point, Eric. As long as you publicly shame them for it, then you can never be the loser. Exactly. <laughs> well, maybe um, I'll think about it then because I'll just put it on my phone anyways. I don't need to carry around an extra card. Tap. Yeah. Beep. And then you have your 1% back for backup. Mm-hmm. Perfect. I learned something today. I'm happy to help, Ty. Uh, at Subway, you get five times the points. On, on Do you sandwiches. actually? No way. Dude, yeah, all food. Wow. 
That's a lot of points. Yeah. You're catching flights and footlongs. <laughs> <laughs> ah, wonderful. Well, Ty, well, that's been a... Yeah, we're coming up on an hour here. I feel like yeah. we should uh, save some of this juice for next next episode. Mm-hmm. Save some of this juice for Bonjour. next Friday. And um, yeah, maybe we can link and build in, in the studio and do this one. In I, think, I think we must, Eric, because 200 episode, next episode, wow. big deal. Big celebration for Think Fresh. The 200 Holy mile shit. mark. That's a lot of Dude, that's actually that's actually incredible. I can't believe we've done this for two plus years, two hundred episodes. What the fuck? That's crazy. What, what an absurd like milestone. No one should have <laughs> recorded this much podcasting about a single fast food franchise. You're absolutely here we correct. Are. Yeah. Well, that's that's all <laughs> yeah that's join all, us folks. for the um, meatball dropping the big 200 bringing in the new uh, double digit triple digits next episode um it'll be a celebration mm-hmm. one for the one for the books one for the breads quit the spread for the breads mm-hmm. yeah it'll have to be as good as if it were our last mm-hmm Wow. I treat every episode like it's our last, Eric, because I truly don't know <laughs> if we will record again afterwards. <laughs> I, I, too, treat it like it's our last, Ty. It is what it is. All right, my kings and queens, my breadheads and herbs. Uh, have, a, have a great evening, and we'll catch up with you again later this week. Think fresh, everybody. Good night. Good night.